Hello all and welcome to this episode of Talking Taboo podcast. I'm your host Divyan Sharma and in this episode we are going to talk about the taboos concerning gender stereotypes in the Indian society. We have a very special guest with us today. He's a human rights lawyer based out of New Delhi, but what is unique about him is that as his professional day of working as a lawyer gets over, he fashions into a beautiful persona of a woman named Lush Monsoon and then goes on to present a fascinating dance called drag. Our guest today, therefore, is famously known as someone who's a lawyer by the day and a drag queen by the night. Welcome to our show Ayushman. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for having me on the show uh, Divyansh and uh, yeah, I'm glad to right. be here today. Uh it's our pleasure to really. So Ayushman, why don't we jump right in and you tell us about this distinctive involvement of yours in the drag culture. What is drag about really? Is it is it a mere dance form or or is it something more than that? Uh so actually drag is not uh a dance form drag is just a medium of expression so um drag is basically when a man dresses up as a woman or a woman dresses up as a man that's what the simplistic understanding of drag is but hmm. uh, essentially what drag is is um just uh, playing with gender playing with gender roles uh, gender constructs on stage uh using gender as the central point of your focus when you're performing uh that is just drag it's exaggerating like for example when madonna does a music video or lady gaga does a music mm-hmm. video they're also doing drag in a uh, form so uh it's not like only certain people can do drag anybody can do drag and once you get into drag uh which is uh, like your drag avatar then you can do anything in it you can sing you can dance you can lip sync you can do a comedy routine so it's it's just totally up to the performer so that's what drag essentially is right uh, right so ayushman how would you describe the purpose of drag as i mean uh, is the makeup and and dress up in in a female gender signifier is it a mere means of entertainment or is something more it is but uh, like any art form it has a purpose it has it is political in nature because it's there to shake up things a little bit it's there to uh, break the norms and uh, which and the constructs which society presents to us so basically the reason why we do drag is because we are trying to uh, express our innate femininity because as a queer uh, person i mm-hmm. have lived in a society which does not allow you to freely be yourself right so mm-hmm. when i uh, do drag i express everything which i wasn't allowed by the society to do so for all these years so i pour all of that energy into my drag performance so it's it's kind of like um, an outlet for me to express who i am uh, what my other facet is as well right so so is is drag limited to uh, uh people who are queer uh, does it does it have any relation with genders sexuality or is it more inclusive see anybody can do drag drag is for everybody and anybody a woman can do drag a, a person who identifies as a man can do drag anybody can do drag whether they are heterosexual or homosexual or whatever uh, they identify as 
but drag has had a deep connection with the queer community because uh, it it's always been the central uh, what i say like the the theme around which the queer community has always come together for example if you take the stonewall riots and the american uh, mm-hmm. queer community the drag mm-hmm. queens there have played a huge role in the liberation of the queer people and in getting equal rights they have been at the forefront of uh, all the movements they have led uh, resistance and protest marches so uh, that's where the context of drag with the queer community comes in because it's it's one thing which uh, allows us to come together as a community it's it, it allows us to express our femininity which the queer community is always ridiculed for uh and that's mm. why it has a special significance for the queer community but otherwise drag can be done by anybody there are performers um like queenie harish who passed away recently uh but he was a very famous drag artist uh and very internationally known from india but he identifies as a straight man and he had a family and a wife and children as well so it's 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 not that only some people can do it anybody can do it right so 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 it's more inclusive a community and and it has a broader purpose correct yeah so uh, ayushman since we are talking about this purpose and uh, the way drag artists actually go on to exaggerate gender stereotypes do you think that in that sense does drag conform with the gender stereotyping or typecasting of uh, mainstream gender roles or does it actually go out and like defy those binary rules it's it can be both um it, right. you when when there are there are some drag performers who who love to stick to the traditional markers of femininity which is like long hair and uh, you know just like good body which is very womanly quote and quote so in that sense um, they try to resemble uh or pass as a woman as much as they can and uh that's their goal in drag to do that and then there are other uh, drag performers who uh completely uh what do we say like they just do what they want they break the gender rules they can have like a beard and be feminine or they can have body hair all over and these are not considered traditional markers of femininity right so mm-hmm. when they do that they end up and that's what we call gender fuck drag okay if i can use that word <laughs> on your podcast so the gender fuck drag is basically uh you know just mixing and matching and just breaking all the rules of gender and making people sometimes uncomfortable by how you present yourself because they are not used to seeing somebody in between like that so that's also a form of drag and i think both of them defy gender in their own ways because uh what to drag we are trying to say essentially is that the society takes gender very seriously you know but if i who passes as a man can also pass as a woman and i can take all the traditional markers of uh, femininity and i can do that on stage then i can show you how uh, you know like temporary and fragile these things are like it's we don't have to be caught up in the traditional markers of femininity a woman doesn't have to always be a certain way but if she wants to and she, then she totally can and that's what we are trying to show that it's it's gender it's a performance just like we are performing as a woman on stage everybody else is also performing their gender in their daily lives uh that's what drag is trying to do and in that sense it completely defies 
uh, the gender stereotypes. I think I think that's quite uh, thought provoking and interesting, really. I mean, the way in which um, this extreme sort of questioning of uh, uh, rigid gender notions uh, is brought about by drag is uh, quite fascinating to me. And in fact, on on your point of of conforming the gender roles, while doing our research, we also came across this very famous remark by RuPaul. And for the benefit of our audience, RuPaul is a very famous drag queen based in America who is known for hosting a competition series called RuPaul's Drag Race. And I believe, Aishman, you also started uh, drawing your inspiration for drag from uh, the RuPaul Drag Race competition itself. Um, so RuPaul once, yeah. So RuPaul once said, uh, "I do not impersonate females. How many women do you know who wear seven-inch heels, four-foot wigs, and skin-tight dresses?" I do not dress like a woman. I dress like a drag queen. So I think it's really important to understand uh, the distinction that, as a dance, it is about denying or defying your current status or your roles that are quite rigidly set. Um, Absolutely. So yeah, yeah. So Aishman, now uh, moving on to talking about your experience with it. So how how did it start for you? Where did you um, you know what was your first experience with drag like? I mean, I have always uh, been fascinated by uh, the aspect of transformation, uh, which comes with any makeover or any, like for example, when your mother dresses up uh, for a party and suddenly she transforms from mm-hmm. a, a like a normal housewife to yeah. this fascinating, uh, you know, like a beautiful, glamorous woman, and that idea right. of that transformation is is was very very uh, attractive to me and i always used to pay attention to my mother when i used to see her doing that so that was something which i always uh, was in the back of my mind and then uh, i remember once or twice i did wear my mother's clothes and i just danced around but i also knew that it's not going to be acceptable and it's going to be uh, something which is going to get me into trouble so i did not pursue it any further but then hmm. back to many many years and many many years of like just uh, not completely being yourself and then when i was in the final year of my of the law school um at NUJS and then that's when i discovered the show RuPaul's Drag Race and it was like i discovered a tribe of people uh, who i could call my tribe because they were people who had led difficult lives and they had been bullied and they had uh, gone through a lot of struggles to just be themselves but here they were on public television and dressing up as women so uh, and living their best lives so that is something which which really made me drawn to the show but still then i was like i like them i like watching them but i cannot ever do that uh for myself because i'm too scared to even venture into this whole thing but the thing is that when something is meant to happen it happens and um once that thing got into my head like i need to try this once and so after college oh, when i just graduated i started just doing it for myself uh in my room just putting on some makeup which i bought from the local shop and just dancing and just having fun with it and then i realized that you know this is just a complete new persona which i had been hiding inside me mm-hmm. right and uh, it just felt so good to release all that uh, all those years of like you know restrictions that i had put on myself uh, to be honest when i first uh, got into drag i thought like i felt like i had broken some 
great rule of nature it felt like i had committed like a huge uh, sin or something uh, that yeah. i had crossed that line finally which pe- which like you know people around me probably my parents were scared that i would probably cross one day so when i did that but then i also at the same time when i was looking at myself when the first time i did drag i was like uh, i look beautiful you know um i look gorgeous like where was this person hiding and uh, even though when i show you the pictures right now you will be like oh my god those that was a horrible horrible look uh it wasn't as polished as uh, probably i can do right now but at that point of time i was living for myself and that's what mm. drag does to you it makes you fall in love with yourself or it's it's like it's a tool for self love okay so that's what mm. i was missing in my life at that point of time so i completely uh, started pursuing it um and i got really serious about it i uh, applied to some online competitions uh which were international and i debuted as lush monsoon and when i did that the amount of validation and support i got from people was just incredible and at the same time while i was doing this i was also in delhi pursuing theater and there i had a completely different experience because i was not fitting into any of the roles um sometimes they were saying that okay you're not masculine enough or not macho enough for this role um that we have like you can't be a husband because you need to be more macho and more stronger and of course you can't be a woman because like we have other women for that so you can't take that role so i wasn't not fitting anywhere and i was feeling completely lost in that theater space so at the same time so when i found drag and i debuted and i got so much positivity and validation from people mm-hmm. i was overwhelmed and i was like okay this is something uh, serious this is something which makes me happy this is something which allows me to be myself i need to pursue this mm-hmm. and then finally yeah. i debuted publicly uh, at the delhi international queer film festival and since then it has just been yeah <laughs> a good journey yeah so so how how do you actually manage these two identities how are lush and aishman as you said it's a complete transformation into a different world so lawyer in the day and drag queen in the night what does that decompartmentalization look like that decompartmentalization was uh, quite difficult in the beginning or uh, to be honest because i when i used to get out of my drag thing and because in the real world there was nobody who like i it was i was not like out yet like my drag thing was not out there so it was like living in my head and then just coming back to reality so it was very difficult it was like what did i do the whole night when i was doing drag and then suddenly like now i'm back to normal and i feel mm-hmm. completely invisible again in that sense yeah so it was very difficult it was like dr jekyll and mr hyde kind of situation it was like having mm-hmm. multiple personalities in your head and yeah. it was very confusing in the beginning okay uh, but then gradually what happened that i was able to take some of the confidence which i had in my drag character as lashmon soon and infuse it into my boy self itself so i became little more open little more colorful started wearing things that i wouldn't normally wear i got my ears pierced and things like that which made me feel like more uh complete and more myself so by doing that what happened that now aishman and lashman are at a medium like i don't feel like two different people mm-hmm. i feel like one person who does different things they are not so distinct anymore i have blurred the boundaries a lot between them
right? So it, it has taught you more about yourself than the drag dance. Absolutely, it has it has taught me about myself. It has taught me how to appreciate myself because uh, I had never felt attractive in my uh, in my life. You know, like that's what that was not the first right. things that would come to my mind that okay, I am physically attractive or I'm beautiful looking. That was I mean I had been. I knew that I was good in studies and this and that, and I could do certain things well. But that physical aspect of myself, I had never appreciated at all. And that happened when I got into drag, and I saw how good I could look and how people treated me differently. And that's that's what like that that was one of the key aspect uh, which I learned from my drag thing. Right. So Aishman, we talked about your family a bit, and. Uh, so i mean all of us have a feminine side and our parents are laughing about it when we are growing up so how do you think does it then radically transform into hatred uh, that when we grow up and express our willingness to explore these non binary gender roles it suddenly becomes such a big problem you're absolutely right it's it starts like that um, i had never been ridiculed by my parents they had always let me be myself whether i was dancing to a madhuri dikshit song or doing whatever they never told me okay don't be like this or don't be like that or behave more like a boy that was never ever told to me okay so in my home i i had never been uh, ostracized for my femininity but it's hmm. precisely because of what you said is because they didn't take it seriously enough properly okay they thought yeah. maybe it's just a passing thing or maybe it doesn't have any effect on uh, my life uh, or its decisions that i have to make but it's like when i uh, after college and everything and especially now that um i'm growing to a like a more approaching a more marriageable age quote unquote is like suddenly like all the problems and questions have begun and now they are like oh my god like so what are you doing and suddenly like now i feel like they have become way more conservative than they were they have become way more conscious of my femininity than they were before and i have to like fight it all over again i feel like sometimes i feel like a rebellious teenager again because Mm-hmm. it's like i have to constantly um, you know f- assert my space and uh, t- tell these are my boundaries and like you can't tell me what kind of person yeah. i am because um, they have just like any middle class parents from a small town they have their own set dreams which they see every other uh, ch- child pursuing of like getting a stable job of getting married all these false notions of stability yeah and so they think that i should pursue that as well and so uh, the one thing that comes in that way of all these things is my uh identity and that's what they fear so we never talk about it and we've never had a conversation about it but but it's it's on everybody's minds uh, i know and everybody's thinking about it so so yeah it's become even more difficult as i've grown up instead of getting easier yeah yeah it's it's definitely a struggle and especially in this uh, period of lockdown i think a lot of people from our generation have realized that you know this generation gap is something really hard to bridge um so and 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 that is i mean uh, when it comes to the queer community at least this kind of heteronormativity is not just present at home but it's it's quite common to see a lot of opponents argue that um, if everyone was to turn this way our 
our uh, collective moral conscience of the society the indian society would be impacted in some way so what what do you have to say about that i mean how do we go about breaking this taboo in a society where uh, these kind of stereotyping notions and uh, gender roles have been cemented in the mindset of people over generations i mean i can only laugh about the moral conscience part because <laughs> i mean clearly the, with the way things are going on in the world that we live in right now clearly most people do not have a moral conscience and that's why we are where right. we are right now mm-hmm. um it's it's really it's it's really horrible what's 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 the current uh, political societal context is right now and in mm-hmm. that uh, space i think the the most uh, the most moral thing to do is to be honest with yourself uh, is to be honest with respect to who you are and presenting that to the world so the thing is that it the society i don't know it takes time for them to change or um i don't know how you mold people's minds i think mm. art is a good medium because with my drag what i try to do is like uh, like my drag makes a lot of people uncomfortable a lot of people whom i know whom i had f- been friends with before they have been uncomfortable with this whole concept of drag and why am i doing this and even though they are still my friends but they still find it mm. difficult to um, understand this whole process and stuff and i think that's a very good start to changing their mind and changing their taboos because because um just by me being present and being like doing what i am doing it forces them to confront things which they have never had to in their lives you know if one right. of your friends if you're a straight man and one of your friends um starts stressing up as a woman how do you deal with that situation that itself is uh, going to give them a whole new like lesson in 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 breaking some taboos in their lives so it's it's i think as and when more and more people do what they like and uh, you know be themselves i think it's going to become even more normal to be who you are and that's going to break taboos because i know that a moral lecture does not help them i have spoken right. to my parents a lot of times uh, mm-hmm. not about myself but in a third party context about about other issues like feminism and this and that and politics and about sexuality and everything and it's like they are stuck and they just do not want to learn and that's the case for a lot of other people as well like you come what you may like you can engage with them you can tell them but it's they won't understand it's it's like they have created this wall they want to live in this bubble and there is no way you can get them out of it they will get out of it if they want to themselves so the only thing that you can do then is just to keep going about doing your own thing like if other people consider it a taboo for you of like you know what you're doing then it's upon them and just because you're doing it someday they will be able to like break it in their heads as well is what i feel right so um aishman how do you see the future of indian drag as and i ask this question in the light of the striking down of section 377 do you think that there will be as a result of this a change in perception there has been like other there a lot of mainstream things have opened up for drag because of the 377 verdict a lot of clubs have started opening up to performances earlier there was this even though you might not be a uh, conservative and you might not hate lgbtq people but you still had this fear of what the law might do in your head so you may not have taken every action that you wanted 
but now after the 377 thing things have become a little different although it has not changed completely but it has changed to the extent that uh, more avenues have opened up for drag and i think the future for drag is in the like you know it lies in the number of people who want to do this and i uh, i already can see a huge number of growth in in terms of the number of performers that have come into this whole field it has become a whole new community and that's what uh, is going to be the future of drag like the more people join i see already like the younger people people who are younger than me they are way more freer they are with respect to their sexuality and with respect to their identity and they are wearing it on their sleeves all the time they are not hiding it at all and that's what um, drag is going to be in the future as well it's going to be a huge thing i hope and it i hope it becomes much more indian thing because uh, right yeah. now it's like uh, inspired by the west but i hope it becomes a beast onto its own in india as well yeah right definitely i think uh, i hope the future is more promising ayushman before we end the session uh, we would like to share with our users where they can uh, find your beautiful drag dance performances because i personally find them quite intriguing so if you would share your um, handles with our users here it will be great absolutely you can find me at lush monsoon everywhere on instagram on facebook and just google it and you'll find it uh, mostly on instagram though so it's it's great like you know that's what we want as artists we want people to support our work and that can be through coming to our shows so many of my uh, people from like law school whom i knew they have come and seen my performances they have come and supported me and that means a huge deal okay uh, right. and that's what uh, just as an artist it's like just a follow or a like or just a comment of appreciation that means a lot to us because it's not an easy thing to do at any cost it's 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 a huge that's thing it. it takes a huge toll on you um um also but at the end of the day um, it brings me joy it brings the people who watch me joy and as long as that's happening that's that's all that matters to me yeah definitely definitely so this we come to the end of our session today i'm sure that the story of your struggles ayushman will go a long way in making these conversations a bit more easier but also would help people who have been struggling to accept themselves or or those around them so thank you so much for joining us Thank you so much Divyansh for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Talking Taboo podcast. If you like our idea and want to support it, do follow us on Instagram at @wetalktaboo and visit our Facebook page at Talking Taboo. A simple share and support will go a long way in mainstreaming these conversations and breaking the taboos that we seek to fight. to stay up to date on the show do follow us on the platform of your choice we hope you like this episode and see you in the next one